Hey, um, I was out on the pier, the same place I was yesterday, and it's somewhere I go to quite often to do my thinking, etc. And because I go there quite a lot, I've also come to know the other people who also go there quite often. And generally speaking, they are fisher folks, so they have their fishing gear and they, you know, you nod, don't really say much to each other and um, they do their fishing. They also have, uh, or they, there are also two herons that come by and hang around until they're given some fish. Then there is this other guy. He, he doesn't fish. He comes there every so often, and he's very, very polite in, uh, when he passes by. And he goes to the west end of the pier, puts down a cushion, kneels, and begins this 15 to 20 minutes prayer ritual that involves, uh, he chants a bit, um, he says other things and so on. And so I've become quite used to that. And today he passes by, says hello as usual, puts down the cushion, begins his ritual. And once he's done, rather than sort of go off as seemed to be the usual case, he stops in this position that's about 10 meters to my right, that's on the east side, and he begins to make these very weird noises in his throat. <laughs> I'm sort of thinking, what, what's going on here? And then he pulls out his uh, phone and holds it up as if he's about to make a selfie and begins to sing. And so I realized, oh, he was just sort of warming up his throat in order to prepare for the recording of this video of this song he's singing. And <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing because <laughs> some people can sing in tune and some people can't. And this guy, I mean, look, it, the intensity of his dedication was, it was absolutely, it was clear to see. But what he was doing with those notes and the way he was sort of bringing the sounds out, it was pretty phenomenal. It was quite amazing. And anyway, um, so anyway, he finishes, plays the whole thing back again on his phone. And so I hear it again, um, though, from the speakers of his phone and at such a distance, it wasn't super sharp. Um, and then he goes off. And so about 30 seconds later, I look up and I see him again. And this time he is standing facing one of the boats uh, praying. And I suppose I should explain um, what you have to imagine is uh, on the south bank of the River Eye, you have these two piers, an east and one to the west. And they are connected to the uh, rest of the city, shall we say, by this also sort of mini pier. So if you looked from above, you would see a ver uh, vertically compressed T. And he's standing at the T junction, offering this prayer to a boat. And there were four boats, and I watched him as he went from one boat to the other, stopping to offer a prayer, and then finally he went off. And when he was gone, I just thought to myself, I thought, oh, I hadn't seen that before. And this is a guy I've been seeing on and off for about one and a half years. And so it remains to be seen, I'll keep an eye out, whether this was just a one-off action or if it turns out that I was simply too busy doing other things to actually notice uh, everything about uh, this guy's actions. So yeah, there's that. Today, I want to take a brief look at 
an often ignored aspect of the writing process. And that is the right position. What I mean to say is the location stroke position in which you like to do your writing. And the right position is actually very important. It's much more important than most people think. And I suppose to illustrate its importance, I'd like you just for a brief moment to imagine yourself in a large, well-lit boardroom-like space. And in the middle of the room is this long oval of a table crafted from fantastic wood. It's just beautiful. You know, you want to touch it, hug it, lie on it, lick it, whatever your fancy. And around the table are 12 wonderful chairs, beautiful chairs. Uh, at each end, there's one chair, and on either side, you have five chairs. You, meanwhile, are holding your favorite notepad and the writing instrument you love most of all. And the instructions are incredibly simple. It is simply to sit wherever you want and write whatever you feel like. Now, I'm quite sure a few of you would know immediately where to sit, but the rest of us would dilly and dally and, you know, hum and awe and do all kinds of things before we finally found the place that suits our writing style and all that stuff. Yeah, so that's what I want to talk about today, the right position. Personally, I don't have a fixed right position, so I don't have a particular hut or cave that I need to be in in order to do my writing. Though that said, it's possible to split my right positions into two categories, and that, that would be internal and external. Most of my writing, simply because of where I live, is done internally, and that is generally speaking home, and the writing takes place in one of three places. I've just noticed uh, that's the way it is. So in third position is the dining table. Sometimes I feel, well, this is where I need to write. It's not that often, but sometimes I, I feel I want to write there. And there are two corners. There's one where I have a wall to my back, and the other side is I have the window to my back. And those are the only two positions I tend to write in when I do write at the dining table. Then in second place, you have my desk in the workroom. And whenever I feel like writing, I clear the desk, I push the computer back, take the keyboard away, uh, move whatever crap there is. <laughs> and there's always some stuff to the left and right. And then I'm free to do the writing I want to do. However, the champion position is somewhere in the living room, a sort of a, a general zone. And what it is, I, I think around 2007 or eight, I designed these um, furniture cubes. So they're cubes with a lid and they're hollow so you can store stuff in them or you can sit on them or you can flip the lid around and have a little table or you can stack them on top of each other. And so I stack three of them up, uh, flip the lid and that becomes my writing location. And at that particular position, I always stand at one side. I don't know why. There's only one side I, I'm willing to stand at and uh, with the main windows on my right. And I do the writing from there. There was another internal position that was quite popular between 2015 and 2017. 
and that was this corner on I think the fourth or fifth floor of the central library and I just fell in love with that corner so I could sit there and I'd have this wonderful view out over the city so I'd see the people down at the foot of the library uh, see people sitting along the side of this canal I'd see the other side of the canal the traffic and in the distance you'd see various towers and uh, structures that said oh yes this is Amsterdam and of course the changing weather and it does change quite often added to the uh, spectacle so this was a favorite corner and I would uh, also another thing about it is the form of the chairs you were sort of um, I sort of think of hands, imagine a pair of giant hands holding you as you sat. So it was very easy to isolate myself from everything else that was going on there. I don't know why I stopped going, for some reason I did. And um, yeah, maybe I'll go back uh, soon and see if it still has that same connection. The other category are the external right positions, and these are the places that I find out and about in the city where it's pleasant to sit and write. Um, these are generally seasonal or weather dependent because, of course, I'm outside, which I do love. And some of them I come back to again and again, and there are others I use for a bit, and then I don't know why I just move on. Prior to 2015 I used to live at the northwest corner of a park surrounding the Chaspa Plus and this was a uh, artificial lake very large people would sail and swim and do all kinds of stuff on that but that surrounding area was really a right position bonanza because there were so many places you could sit the park was really it had once been used uh, for this festival called the Floreada so it was very well shaped it had all kinds of it had hills it had uh, enclaves it had all kinds of bits and areas and I would always find different spots to go and uh, sit and write or just simply sit there and stare uh, often across the water and listen to these ducks or I mean water birds that would especially in the evening they'd make uh, the sound seem to bounce across the water um, so that was a really really amazing place and uh, yeah I haven't been there in ages and ages I don't live nearby and I think it only worked as a, a good um, writing spot because it was so close by since moving to the center of the city I have found the discovery of right positions to be much harder work than it was uh, back in uh, Hasper Plus. Uh, that said, it really is just as rewarding. Once I find one, I think, wow, this is uh, brilliant. Also, as I've come to know the area much better, then seeking the right spot out has become easier and easier. The first of these modern external right positions and also something of an evergreen is um, we have this tiny little house hut about a 20-minute cycle ride north of uh, where we live and that place is really cool so it's in this garden park and our garden which is <laughs> well I mean I call it free but maybe people would call it wild and unkempt it doesn't matter 
It's surrounded by trees, so I'm often, goodness knows how many afternoons I've spent out uh, in the garden, writing at the table, um, you know, being warmed, hopefully, often, by this glorious summer sun. Uh, then you have, the, the really nice thing is, it's as if I'm in this uh, natural room, huge, just very tall trees so you hear the wind um often there are these birds sometimes overhead i can hear uh, a plane passing by in the distance there is traffic so i suppose in the winter when we never go it would you'd hear a lot because the trees are bare but in the summer it's this sort of low rumble that is just there and i love writing there sometimes while taking a break, I just find myself staring at a bee, you know, doing its thing with a flower and watching where the bee flies to and all that stuff. So that is, that's a, a really cool place. And I go back to again and again and again. This past summer, I discovered a tree in Wester Park on the uh, south side of Wester Park. And that tree, it was as if it was made for somebody like myself to sit there. So I'd have this inflatable cushion and um, a yoga mat and I'd set up my gear and I'd sit there and I'd write for hours and hours on end. And well, first of all, it, I mean, it was a great spot, but for sheer concentration, it wasn't good because there were so many things going on and I'd be sort of, I discovered it was better to take notes there than actually really try and be uh, work in a concentrated fashion. Uh, you'd see somebody, there was a lady who I started seeing, um, she would come and do yoga, I think it was yoga, but she'd make these very gentle, elegant movements for about 30 minutes or so. Or you'd see um, other people, there are a couple of people I noticed, they would come with their computers and they would always sit at a particular tree, uh, against the trunk of a particular tree and right away. Then there was the... Um, I think they're called coots, um, the, the sort of water birds that if I was eating an apple, they would come. Uh, there was a couple and they only had one kid <laughs> left. And in my interpretation of what I saw, uh, that it was a really spoiled kid, got everything it wanted, would just moan and they'd sort of feed it. So, um, but of course that's me projecting, I guess. So that was a, a great spot. As I said, that I eventually realized it was you know it, it had its limits so it was a wonderful uh, lots of activity but not the greatest place to concentrate then on the north side of river eye uh, you have something called the eye boulevard and right at the end is this brilliant brilliant spot where i don't know it's it's not beautiful at all but it's um People walk their dogs in this sort of narrow park and you can sit along the river's edge with this metal sort of steel wall thing about a meter high, I suppose, as a backrest. And I've spent hours and hours there. And it's kind of funny space because it's great to write. You can sit and write. I'd face the city 
and uh, be scratching away and sometimes people would stop and ask you or sometimes people would comment on my handwriting and always positive of course <laughs> and they're, they're little things that happen this spot everybody wants this spot but if you sit there there's a sort of code about how close to another person you can sit along the bank and most people adhere to this code but occasionally you have rebels or um, radicals <laughs> who who just have their own thing and you end up I've had a few very interesting conversations with people who just I guess wanted to talk and uh, well why not so that um, yeah I Boulevard I stopped going during the COVID thing because you, to get there I had to go into a ferry and to get onto the ferry I needed a face mask and I wanted to limit my use of face masks. I felt I couldn't breathe in them, but thankfully that's behind us. By the way, there are a lot of places I've tried to utilize as right positions, but it just isn't happening there. It's strange things. It's uncomfortable or I don't know, there's noise or something. I don't know, or just the general vibe. Um, yeah, there are some places I leave simply because they get swallowed up in the ever-changing city. And there was one place called Steicher 14, that's Pier 14, and it was just brilliant. First of all, you had an actual chair, you had these benches, so you could sit uh, comfortably and do your thing. And it was not too busy, or even when it did get busy, there was a way of just being there and uh, you know writing away without too much disturbance and funny things would happen or, yeah funny things would happen I remember once or twice I got into a sort of staring match with a seagull I don't I don't know why I was just staring at it staring at me I'm staring at it or sometimes the canal boats would just come around the corner and be a bit close and I'd hear a noise a shout and the shout was usually some young kid waving and you'd sort of wave back and that seemed to make that kid say, hey, somebody waved back at me and all that stuff. Then there were always these various kinds of tour boats. So you had this pink one and sometimes you'd see very interesting groups getting onto the, that boat. Uh, you had two that would appear in the evening or very early in the morning and they were the various party boats. <laughs> and uh, yeah, people could get off those in very interesting states yeah and i have to say i must i mean i i wrote so much stuff there uh, so i do miss it you can i can still see it but it's just out of bounds for anybody who's not involved in the uh, construction of the new south bank uh, we'll see if it uh, returns uh, or in what form it returns finally and i must say there are a lot of places I could mention, but I'm not going to for time reasons. I get to the pier I'm at right now, and this one, um, I don't know what it's called, <laughs> but it's sort of near the BIM house, if that says anything to you. I really got to know it during the COVID shutdown. So first of all, that was just the craziest period. I'm sure we can all remember that this silence everything the city slowed it it was in absolute slow motion and i'd come out just walking there'd be nobody and i i don't know why i just became attracted to this particular pier so i'd come here 
And I became so attracted, I would sometimes come with a chair, folding chair, and I'd be working away. So a lot of, quite a large portion of my book, Now I Am Here, was written out uh, on this particular pier. And that was just a, yeah, a really cool time. I remember being at the, uh, I favoured the west side. It was completely open. That's when I began to see the people who went fishing. Sometimes I'd go to the east side, not often, but I remember being on the east side when uh, sitting right at the end, back against this uh, railing, when I think it was the first weekend where shops were open again. And suddenly the river was full of boats and people and parties and all that stuff. And prior to that, it had been so quiet. Even the there had been very few gulls because there was just there were no tourists and no people dumping food or scraps here and there. So the gulls had disappeared. The pigeons had disappeared. I don't know if I said it. The only boats on the water tended to be the ferries going back and forth, north to south and back again. And so the, I remember that, I don't know if it was the 1st of June, but it was just crazy. The, the, and it was nice weather as well, so that helped. So that was a really, really um, fun place. And I think this place is going to go soon. I mean, it's back in use. They don't use the west side for some reason. But behind me, they are uh, already working on upgrading the south bank so this is an extension of work that has taken away the Steiger 13 place so I don't know how much longer I'll be able to come here but while I can I will all right I think yeah that's it for now so uh, speak again soon